0: You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Pistons. I'm your host, Matt Shook, and we are taping the Friday, October 13th podcast. And we're actually taping it on Friday, October 13th, as the Cubbies and Washington Nationals went so late to finish off their National League Division Series. They went almost to 1 o'clock in the morning in the East. And now we are ready for another game day of Detroit Pistons basketball. Preseason game day, that is, as the Pistons will finish off the preseason schedule tonight, October 13th in Milwaukee to face the Bucks at 8.30 Eastern Time. and Although October 13th is known for a house of horrors, hopefully this one finishes off smoothly, win or loss, for the Pistons as they gear up for the October 18th, on Wednesday, the season opener at home against the Charlotte Hornets. That's right, we are five days away from Piston basketball. Tonight's preseason game will be carried on Fox Sports Wisconsin but not Fox Sports Detroit, so that means if you do have league pass like me, if you're a league pass subscriber, you will be able to watch the game on Friday night. It sounds like uh, from practice on Thursday that everyone's healthy, so we might actually see the presumed starting lineup going into the season. We've all kind of assumed that that means that's Reggie Jackson, Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, Tobias Harris, and Andre Drummond, but I guess we don't know that for sure. We don't know what's in Stan Van Gundy's mind. Is Ish Smith possibly unseating a hobbled Reggie Jackson for that point guard starting spot? Probably not. Or is John Lur getting a, a look at one of the forward spots so that maybe Johnson or Harris could come off the bench like they did last season? So a little bit of questions out there. And we'll also see some of the rotation uh, work tonight, although we're not sure if Stan Van Gundy is going to go with kind of a regular season look tonight or continue to give maybe the end of the bench guys and the rookies and young guys a little bit of a look as well, so we will see. But uh, if, I, if I'm being honest right now, I'm actually a little bit tired of talking about the rotation. Uh, a lot of the coverage from the offseason, from the blogs, and some of the writers and the, the mailbags that all the Pistons beat writers do, a lot of it comes down to you know the seventh, eighth, and ninth spots and how those are going to shake down. We don't know, uh, we don't know if Stan Van Gundy is going to stick with the nine man rotation like he usually does. But we're going to find out soon. So I'm excited about that. Five days away from now, Dwight Howard, Kemba Walker, Malik Monk, and uh, Kid Gilchrist and the other Charlotte Hornets are going to be coming in to take on the Pistons. So what we're going to talk about today is a deep dive about Avery Bradley. I realized that he got traded this offseason to the Pistons and if you follow the league, you're pretty familiar with Avery Bradley, but I realize a lot of Pistons fans might not know the nuts and bolts about his game, so we're going to talk about him today here on Locked on Pistons. Detroit Basketball! So Avery Bradley is a Piston. Still kind of strange to think about that, as the Pistons pulled the trigger on a deal with the Boston Celtics, unloading Marcus Morris and a second-round draft pick for Avery Bradley, a shooting guard. So... In essence, the the Celtics had knew that Aver Bradley was going to be a free agent next summer and knew that uh, they were going to have to pay him a lot of money if they wanted to keep him in the long term and probably didn't want to pay him the $20 million or so per year that that was going to cost them, especially when they just added the big contract for Al Horford last summer and then Gordon Hayward this summer. This was the trade with the Pistons was made before they knew that Kyrie Irving was going to fall into their lap as well. So it kind of says something about Avery Bradley as a player that a team that sees itself as a contender for the next five, maybe even six or seven years, didn't want to pay him that kind of money. Does that mean that he's not uh, someone that the Pistons should have gone after? No, not necessarily. The Celtics and the Pistons are at different places and their team structures, whereas you got Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in that backcourt. Whereas the Pistons needed an upgrade with talent, especially because they had their own problem this past summer with Contavious Caldwell-Pope being a restricted free agent. They didn't want to pay him the amount of money that it would cost to keep him in the long term, so they instead went with Avery Bradley. So Avery's 26. He's from went to Texas. He went there for one year. He was the 19th pick out of the draft in 2010, played for Rick Barnes. He spent his whole career with the Celtics and became a starter in just his second season with Boston. He's been a guy that's been hurt a bunch throughout of his career. He misses uh, pretty much a bunch of games every season. He only played 55 last year and had an Achilles injury, but came back and looked like he was in um, you know pretty much 100% come playoff time. He's known as a defensive stud. His defensive real plus-minus and the shooting percentages of his opponents were actually pretty good, and his defensive real plus-minus numbers weren't very good. So for some reason, it was a little bit of an anomaly because by the numbers, Avery Bradley wasn't really known as a top defender, so to speak. But if you ask players around the league and even media around the league and people who go by the eye test, he's shown as you know one of the top perimeter defenders, even. Despite the fact that he's only six foot two, he matches up against the team's top perimeter guys pretty much every night, and he's going to do the same for the Pistons this year, although Stanley Johnson's going to help out on the wing with some of that defensive assignments as well. Offensively, last year Bradley had 16.3 points per game, which is by far his career high, and also shot 39% from three-point range, which if he was on Detroit last season would have led the Pistons. He had 6.1 rebounds per game, which is really good for a guard. In fact, it was fifth in the NBA amongst guards, according to James Edwards III of The Athletic. I got that from his 360-degree view series, which was on The Athletic, this past uh, couple weeks as they had the top seven or eight pistons and gave kind of an overview of what their season might look like and what kind of things scouts Are saying about those guys. It's some good reads, and I recommend if I could give another plug for becoming a subscriber of the Athletic. We all know the downward trend of newspapers and traditional media of the past few years. I mean, in circulation wise, not in quality. But the Athletic is providing an online uh, subscription model that hopefully works out. If you're a journalist like me, and hope that these kind of things. Pan out, and that the future that there are jobs available for people like myself and other sports journalists out there. So, I highly recommend James's work. I've reached out to him, and he said he'll be on the podcast hopefully a couple times this season as we break down the Detroit Pistons. So, again, another plug for subscribing of the Athletic. I think it's only about thirty bucks a year or something like that. So, try it yourself. And speaking of things that might cost you a little bit, when we're talking about Bradley. He's already costed the Pistons Marcus Morris, and then getting Avery Bradley and paying him the $8 million that he's owed this year caused the Pistons to renounce their rights for Caldwell Pope, so he's gone out of their plans. Well, if you look at next summer and you suppose that the Pistons are the team that offers Avery the best chance uh, or the best, the highest money to come back and stay with the Pistons in the long term, the Pistons are going to have to do some more cap maneuvering going forward. So they might have to make another deal like the Marcus Morris deal for Avery Bradley that they give up a really nice asset for one that's not quite as nice given that Bradley is an expiring deal this year. And what I mean by Marcus Morris being a nice asset is that he was an underpaid player. He was only making about $5 million a year. And so that cap friendly number became something that was desired by the Celtics. When you're thinking about what great assets are in the NBA. Not only are you thinking about the players and how those guys fit together and the individual production of each player, you have to think about how those guys fit in the salary cap. It's a value decision that you're making as an NBA front office member there in case you aren't up to what the thinking is and what assets and what value with NBA contracts have to have to mean for not just production of players. So, If you want to bring Avery Bradley back for $20 million or $16 million or $24 million or whatever next season, then you may have to cut something else. And since there aren't any of the Pistons that are on this roster or coming up on free agency in terms of very valuable core guys going forward, then you might have to make another move uh, similar to the Marcus Morris move. Maybe you have to trade – um and a Reggie Jackson or something like that and attach another more valuable asset to him if you want to keep Avery Bradley. And by valuable assets, you're talking about guys on rookie contracts like Stanley Johnson still, like Henry Ellenson, like Luke Kennard, or maybe a future draft pick in and of itself, a first-round pick there as well. Uh, some other assets that might be out there that might be more attainable. And even Tobias Harris is another guy who won't be a free agent until two summers from now. But he's working under a more reasonable $14 million contract. Really, Tobias Harris is the only piston, when you're looking at the top five or six guys, that's that's making fair money. And, of course, Stanley Johnson you can add to that list too as he's still on that rookie deal. But Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, John Luehr, Boban, uh, Avery Bradley possibly going forward. These are guys that are all making – Langston Galloway you can add to that list. These are guys that are all making more money – then you would hope to be paying for someone who plays the role that they play on the team. Ish Smith is another one of those guys. It's The Pistons roster is full of these, and that's one of Stan Van Gundy's biggest drawbacks in the front office, is that he hasn't been able to hit the free agent market responsibly or re-sign players for values that are more reasonable at, at, when looking at things from a bird's eye view, when looking at things from a neutral observer perspective. And crippling the Pistons situation even more, and if, if you're a follower of the Pistons, you already know this, but some casual fans out there might not know that Josh Smith is still hurting the Pistons salary cap for the next three years. When they cut Josh Smith back after giving him the horrendous free agent deal, they did it with a stretch provision, which means he's not going to hurt the cap as much this year or next year, but they stretched it out to several years. So they used salary cap mechanism that was available to them to help the the team in the short term and possibly, you know, for a Joe Dumars to maybe save his job for a little bit longer and then ended up crippling the Pistons a little bit more going forward. So for the next three years, Josh Smith's salary is still on the book despite the fact that he hasn't helped the team really, you could argue, ever, but at least in several years. So for three more years, they're paying Josh Smith at getting marked on the books for five million dollars, which prevents you from getting, you know, Avery Bradley the extra five million dollars or role players. I mean you think about Langston Galloway who's overpaid, who's making seven million dollars a year. So a player of Langston Galloway's quality can't come into the Pistons in addition to what they have because of of Josh Smith's albatross of a of a deal. Now that's important to think about because you're talking about Avery Bradley next summer, but you're also talking about possibly giving more lucrative extensions to Stanley Johnson and then whatever happens with Ellinson and Kennard going forward too. So that kind of thing has crippled the Pistons and will continue to for the next couple of years. So something for Stan that he has to deal with still going forward. Yes, sir! Now there's no doubt that Bradley has respect around the league as one of the best perimeter defenders. He's made the all defensive team two years out of his career so far but last season, he didn't make it. Part of that has to do with the fact that he only played those 55 games. But some of those advanced stats that didn't help his cause as well kind of hurt him. The Some of the advanced stats said that the Boston Celtics were actually a better defensive team without Bradley on the court than when he was on the court. Now, I would argue that there's a lot of factors that go into that. And if he's starting and playing a lot with Isaiah Thomas, then maybe it's Isaiah Thomas's defensive uh problems that led to Bradley's you know team-wide stats hurting him in that situation. But the all-defensive first team last year was for the guards was Chris Paul and Pat Beverly. And then the second team you had Tony Allen and Danny Green. So a lot of guys that veterans that were kind of going on their you know defensive reputations and Avery Bradley gets left off. But it was kind of funny last summer after they made those announcements, a lot of the players took to tw- to Twitter around the league to back up Avery Bradley. Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets says, Avery Bradley got my vote. Jared Sullinger, his former teammate, said, how did Avery Bradley not make first or second team all defense? And then throws the think thinking man emojis after that. Devin Booker, the uh, Phoenix Suns rising star, said, no Avery Bradley all defense question. On the behalf of all the players, he deserves it. I don't know what makes Devin Booker think that he's kind of the spokesman for all players in the NBA, but Whatever, sounds good. And then Evan Fournier says, How the hell is Avery Bradley not on the first-team all-defensive team? Good point made by there. And then Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers rising superstar, says, What are y'all thoughts on Avery Bradley not making an all-NBA defensive team? And then he throws the thinking man's emoji after that, too. And I know it's very funny to hear me recreating NBA players' tweets, but like I said, it's nice for the Pistons to have an established I don't know, you don't want to call you Bradley a star, but an established important piece of a winning team who comes from a winning culture here. I think that that's the most important thing to glean from the acquisition is that he he kind of brings in a little more maturity than maybe the young group of Pistons are accustomed to. He's a kind of a guy that's going to lead by example. In the locker room. Interesting from Keith Langlois of Pistons.com. I was reading how I believe it was in the mailbag that he talked to Anthony Tolliver. Anthony Tolliver was with this group for a cup for about a year and a half with the Pistons and then left in free agency to go play with the Sacramento Kings last year and now returned. He led the group as they had their their Vegas trip this past season. Uh most of the NBA, most of the Pistons players other than Bobon. And Bradley was only there for a little while as well because I think his wife was giving birth. But the players kind of all met in Vegas and spent some time together, worked out a couple times a day, did some team dinner kind of things. You know, the kind of stuff that fans, when the news is light and there's nothing much going on, that we like to eat up and say, here's a good reason why this team's going to be a lot better. Well, Anthony Tolliver, who, like I've said before, is kind of the – the supreme locker room guy that you could possibly want in your group. He's talked about how he's noticed that this Pistons group is a little bit more mature than maybe they were when things started getting good for them a couple years ago. And I think that there's a little bit of urgency around this group that they had the disappointing step setback of last season, and they know how things could possibly go south from here. There's some guys that their careers are they are still young, but their careers are a little bit in the balance of which direction it's going to go. When you talk about Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Stanley Johnson, these guys, I think those three are guys that conceivably someday could be an All-Star, and Drummond was an All-Star before, and Reggie Jackson, people might laugh at me suggesting that he might be an All-Star someday, but if he ever got that explosion back, and him and Drummond kind of retooled that pick and roll and got it back, I think there was some talk that two years ago Reggie Jackson was on the cusp of possibly becoming that kind of a player. And Stanley Johnson, if he becomes more of an offensive player and adds to some of his defensive tools and maturity and adds a little bit more of the shot, and he's young enough to where he could make those strides one day too. So Tolliver's saying that those guys are noticeably a little bit more professional this year in training camp and in preseason. I think a lot of that might be due to Avery Bradley. So it's an encouraging pickup. It's something that Pistons fans should be excited about. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, especially in the early season. But we're only five days away from the regular season beginning, and I want to thank you guys for joining me on another episode of Locked On Pistons, your daily podcast about the Detroit Pistons. So you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, and another underscore after that. And again, thanks for joining me, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.